chapter 8, verse 29. It is always an honor to share the word of God with y'all. It is. I love y'all. More than you know, for real. And I want to give a shout out to my wife. Abby, thank you, baby. I love you. You're the best. And the word Lord reads, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son will be the firstborn. Somebody say firstborn. So if there's a firstborn, then that means there's more to come. Among many brothers and sisters, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing or righteousness with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you this evening, Father, for everything that you've done and about to do in and through these men and women's lives tonight in this place, Heavenly Father. Breathe on them, Holy Spirit. We need you. We're not here just for a bunch of information. We are here for a transformation, transforming us into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. First of all, I want to give the Lord all the honor all the praise and all the glory for the salvation of my soul and the forgiveness of my many, many sins. Man, I was a dauphin. Point blank. I couldn't get enough. But it was a manifestation of what happened to me as a kid. The enemy was trying to take me out at a real young age. I was raped and molested by my uncle. And as a matter of fact, if you want me to be real with you, I wasn't just raped and molested by him, but I was also molested by like four other men. It was almost like I had a sign across my forehead. It was like I was a target. And it was horrible. And it, manifest, and it manifested in hate, rage, distrust, confusion. It manifested in the needle, a pipe, pills. And then one day, one day, one day I heard the gospel. But see, this gospel that I heard first, see, it was a, it was a self-centered, self-seeking gospel. See, this gospel that I heard at first was all about me getting to heaven. That was the gospel that I heard. This gospel that I first heard was a gospel where God gave me everything I wanted. And I got it all wrong. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ was him sending his son to the cross to die for me and his spirit coming and live inside of me and his spirit transforming me from the inside out. But at first I had missed it. And see, a lot of people in church today, they've missed it. They've missed the true gospel. Because see, when they don't get what they want, you know what they do? They turn their back on God. And so then I relapsed again. And then I heard a true gospel. When I came here, when they told me, you don't need no kind of pills. All you need is the gospel, the real gospel. Now, this gospel right here began to transform me, 
begin to change me. My mind began to be transformed. Because, see, the word says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And the Bible also says that so as a man thinketh, so is he. Y'all are catching it, right? Get this. We learn in class every morning about the flesh, right? And it says the flesh is the natural man's way of thinking, and that way of thinking decides your actions and your character. So what I am thinking, eventually I will end up doing, and what I end up doing eventually becomes who I am. It begins to be who I am. See, there is no, body, there is no freedom in the body if there is no freedom in the mind. And before I was really, truly going to be set free, my mind had to be set free first. Have any of y'all ever just been in bondage to your own thinking? And in your own mind, you were all caged up in your head? Like you, we had literally, I had literally believed what the world had said about me, what I said about me, what the devil said about me. I even believe what the church has said about me. Because see, the people perish for the lack of knowledge. And the Bible says to study to show thyself approved unto God. And what I was doing is I was depending on man to feed me, church to feed me, the world to feed me, people to feed me, my enemies to feed me, my family to feed me, instead of the word to feed me. I had to be set free up here. I had to be set free up here. So we must prepare our minds for action. See, the enemy knows if I can just get a hold of his head, the whole body will follow. Man, you can take a 1,500-pound horse. I'm not exactly sure how much horses weigh, but 1,500 pounds, that's a big old horse. You could put a 150-pound man on this horse, and you could put some reins on this horse, and you could snatch that horse. Your 150 pounds can snatch this 1,500-pound uh, horse. You could snatch these reins to the right, and the whole body of the horse will go to the right. Oh, well, that's the left. To the right. <laughs> so the enemy knows if I can just get a hold of his mind. See, there was this lie. I was a drug addict, and I was always going to be a drug addict. So if I began to always say that I was a drug addict, then eventually I was going to go back to drugs. It is what it is. And if you always thought of yourself as a thief, then guess what you eventually going to do? If you see a cell phone laying on the counter, you're going to snatch it up. Why? Because you see yourself and you think of yourself as a thief. If you think of yourself as a cheater, when the time comes to cheat, guess what you're going to do? You're eventually going to cheat. If you always call yourself a sinner, then what do you think you're going to do? See, I'm not here to debate on whether I'm a sinner saved by grace. How about this? He who knew no sin became sin so that I can become the righteousness of God. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And you might just say, but wait a minute, that righteousness is not yours. But this is what the word of God says about Ken Holbrook. That Jesus Christ 
bore my sins. He took them on. He took away all spot and all wrinkle. I was red as crimson, but now I'm white as snow. He took on my sin. The very thing that he hated and despised, the very thing that separated us from the Father, sin. The Bible says that he became this so that I may become the righteousness of God. How about this right here? He became what I was so that I can become what he is. I don't think y'all are, I might not be getting this or not. I'm not here to debate anybody. I'm just saying we have to be freed up in our minds. If I keep saying a certain thing about myself, eventually I'm going to do that very thing. I don't wake up in the morning talking about I'm a sinner. I wake up in the morning so blessed that I've become the righteousness of God. And guess what? Before I woke up, when I woke up, I was righteous so I can live my life being and not doing. I don't think. I get to live my life being the righteousness of God instead of trying to earn my righteousness from God. I was set free. And I'm constantly being set free. Why? Because I read my word. See, that's the problem today. People want to listen to us sermons online. They want to listen to preachers. They, let me tell you something. One day you have to, you have to answer for, for what you've done. You have to stand before God one day. And guess what? You can't blame me. You can't blame Pastor Raymond. You can't blame Stephen Furtick. You can't blame none of them. You can't blame nobody. The Bible says to show that self approved unto God. It is your responsibility to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I was, I had fallen in love with this, with this idea of, of Jesus. And it's, I love the idea that I was a sinner headed to hell and Jesus Christ died on the cross and he saved my life. See, he gave me a ticket out of hell and I thought that was just the most amazing thing. But that is not just the gospel. Jesus said it like this. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to who? No one comes to the Father. This move right here, him going to the cross, this was the move of reconciliation. Bringing us back to the Father. And there ain't no transformation. There ain't no changing unless you have an intimacy with God. We wonder why we read our word while we sit in class and we're not changing. We wonder why pastor can lay hands on us. We flop all out on the floor, but we, don't, but we get right back up the same. There's no transformation. Why? Because you are serving a self-seeking gospel. A gospel that gives you everything you want. Breakthroughs and blessings. I love breakthroughs and blessings. Don't get me wrong. But that is not the gospel. I'm sorry it's not. You show me in the Bible where it say that at. As a matter of fact, you show me in the Bible where God say, I'll give you everything you want. As a matter of fact, if you want to try the Bible box, well, you'll say, well, he says if I delight in the presence of the Lord, he'll give me the desires of my heart. Yeah, because you've delighted in the presence of the Lord and your heart has changed. Your heart's changed. <laughs> Why? Because you've been given a new nature. See, we love talking about the flesh. We love that excuse to sin. Oh, man, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I'm not saying that, like I said, I'm not saying 
What I am saying is, don't let that be the reason, please. Go to Romans chapter 8. Verse 5. I'm about to set some people free tonight. I am. We have to change the way we think. As though as a man thinketh, so is he. And I want you to wake up in the morning blessed. How are you blessed? Because you're the righteousness of God. And you know this and you speak this over your life. You see what I'm saying? And the world Lord reads. And by the way, I'm reading by the NLT, the Negro Living Translation. <laughs> Come on, somebody, somebody laugh. <laughs> but anyways, the word Lord reads. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Because Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It is hostile to anything of God. The flesh is hostile to anything of God. When you're in the flesh, I stay away from you. I don't want to talk to you. I tell you to go get in prayer ASAP. <laughs> it never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature, are y'all? Or are y'all? You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. Now, this is what I want to enlighten you on. I hear people all the time, I want the power of God. I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. They wonder why they cannot walk in the spirit. I'm going to tell you why. Because in order to walk in the spirit, you must first walk with the spirit. <laughs> Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? He is the comforter. He is the one that will lead and guide you in all truth. Do you have a relationship with the spirit? Do you? Do you really want to be changed? Do you really want to be transformed? Do you really want to walk in the spirit? Because if you want to walk in the spirit, then you first must walk with the spirit. He is the one that changes you. He is the one that transforms you. The word of God, the word of God, let me tell you something about it. It will inform you. The spirit of God will transform you. There's so many people that can read the whole Bible and don't love nobody. There's no transformation in their life. They read it. They don't get a full understanding. They don't understand that the Bible is talking about loving God, loving people, transforming, putting on love. If you want to talk about walking in the spirit, talk about walking in love, loving one another, not bickering and complaining, not backstabbing one another, not talking bad about one another, loving one another. You see a brother hungry, feed him. You see him cold, give him your coat. He slapped you on the left cheek. 
Uh, you're supposed to turn your right cheek, but we're going to grow. We're growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are being transformed, and he is taking us from glory to glory, faith to faith. Come on, somebody. Hey, I'm going to need another one of these waters. <laughs> I always say that. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. And therefore your bodies, therefore you, you have no more obligation to sin. You have the power over sin. Sin is no longer your master. So when the desire of sin rise up in you and you feel like you want to do it, the flesh, what you do is you crucify it. You pray against it. When the thought comes into your head, you take that thought captive. And yes, you have been given a new nature. Somebody say, I got me a new nature. I got me a new nature. Man, I was born with that old raggedy nature, man. I can't stand it. I really, I really can't. <laughs> so I'm saying, and 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 I wanted to, I wanted to change. I asked the Lord, will you please change my life? And you know what He did? He gave me a whole new life. I wanted Him to change the way I think, but instead of Him changing the way I think, He gave me whole new thoughts. We were born with this Adam nature. Yes, we were born with it. This sin nature. This, this nature that, that Paul was talking about, the good that I want to do, I can't even do it. The bad that I don't want to do, I continue to do that. But for some reason, as Christians, we love to cling to that old nature. We, we just love to cling to the flesh. I, we do something wrong. We say, well, I did that because, see, I'm a sinner. And God's grace is sufficient. And they're using it in the wrong context because when he said my grace is sufficient, he's talking about this grace that empowers us to not sin. He says, that's why I boast in my weakness, because where I am weak, I am strong. My grace is sufficient. That grace right there. And we cling to this and Christians are are stuck. They're stuck there. Being guided by their feelings. Feelings are for Cakes and pies. Get this. The other day, this dude. Uh, I can you open it for me? Get this. The other, the other day, I said that. And this guy, you know, he loves to argue. He's very argumentative. But anyways, he said, he says, God got feelings too. And he said, God gave you those feelings. And I said, well, I can prove it to you that he didn't. See, our feelings, those self-centered feelings, those all about me feelings that we got. You know those feelings that when somebody do something wrong to us, we make it all about us? So narcissistic, you know what I'm saying? I hope I use that word right. This is my first big word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We make it all about us. Those feelings, you know what I'm saying? Those feelings right there, those feelings right there came from Adam. 
They came from the Adam nature. They came from the sinful nature. So any of y'all tell me, uh, well, God gave me these feelings. He didn't give you those feelings. <laughs> Not those. But guess what? He gave you a whole new set of them with the, with the new nature. Go to Romans chapter 6. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go up to 5 and verse start at verse 20. And the word Lord reads, it says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead. Giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ. Starting in chapter 6, verse 1, the word Lord reads, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Well, of course not, exclamation mark. Since we have died to sin. Somebody say, I'm dead, I'm dead. to sin. Come on, somebody. So next time, you, <laughs> how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and was buried with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. See, he says, if you wish to come after me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And if you choose to lose your life, you will do what? Whose life will you gain? Because he says, I'm crucified with him. So it is not me that live, but it is a Christ that lives in me and through me without any help from me. But you're not going to be able to do this unless you have an intimate relationship with Christ. And some of us can put on a really good front, but uh, one day the rubber will meet the road. It will. I was telling Trent this morning, you know, because it hurts when one of our brothers leave. It, it hurts, man. It hurts. But I'm constantly telling him, we got to get these guys spiritual. We got to get these guys not just in their word, but in prayer, having intimacy with God. We must. You know, I honestly... Honestly, I just want you transformed. I mean, I could care less if you flop out on the floor when somebody pray for you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And you falling on the floor is not going to change you. It's not. As much as I would love for that to happen, that's just not biblical. That's just not true. Now, can a person be slayed in the spirit? Yes. I'm not saying they can't. But what I'm saying, if you're expecting that fall to change you, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Amen. And us in this church, we would much rather see you transformed into the image of Jesus Christ than flopping on the floor. Yeah. Now, if you're slayed, you slay. You ain't got no control over that. 
But we're not here just for a bunch of information. We're here for transformation, to change. Now, God has given us this new nature, right? This new nature that's not a self-centered nature. We put others before ourselves, and we love our brothers and our sisters. So don't you realize that, no, hold on, uh, verse 15, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can, now, this is a choice now. You can choose to live your life righteous, or you can choose to live your life as a sinner. It's, the choice is yours, and it says it right here. It says you're the one that choose. Whichever master you obey, that's the one that you're going to be slave to. I've made the choice to be a slave to Christ. I've made my choice to be a slave to righteousness. I've made my choice to read the word for myself and dissect it myself and let the Holy Spirit teach me. Now, I do listen to man. Do not get it twisted. But I got the greatest teacher ever, and it's the Holy Spirit. And he desires to lead and to guide you, to teach you, to comfort you, to transform you. That's what he desires to do. So many... Most debating where I'm gonna say this or not. So many people come in here, and it's so easy they they catch ministry. I mean they they're able to do some ministry, man. I'm talking about slang two hundred breads, two hundred on a daily. They know how to. They can get up there and teach flesh versus spirit. Oh man, do it real good. But they didn't catch the most important thing. See, when the Bible says many are called, few are chosen, see, I thought it was to do full-time ministry. See, and I made the word of God about ministry, not about Jesus. But that was my flesh. That was my flesh. I need you to jump in the word like Pastor Raymond said. If we want to be a church on fire, we need to be a church that is on fire for Jesus. Not just the things of God, because my, my, me being on fire for Jesus is what makes me on fire for the things of God. Yeah, who are we? <laughs> Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 20, and the word Lord reads, Amen. but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Christ, you have learned the truth that comes from him. Throwing off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, somebody say instead. Instead, instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And people want a gospel without holiness. They want to be a Christian without holiness. They want to try to follow Christ without holiness. And I'm here to tell you it is impossible. He said, I've given you everything you need in order to live a godly life. 
or I've given you everything you need in order to live a holy life. So your position is holy. You have positional holiness. Then you have behavioral holiness, right? Now, because my position is holy, because my position is righteous, now I can live a righteous life. Why? Because my mind is set on things that are righteous. My mind is set on things that are holy. My mind is prepared, and now my body is ready for, for, for discipline. I'm going to take you through a list of scriptures because I want you to get this, this new nature thing. I need you to get it. I need you to get that the old has passed away. All that's gone. And all things have become new. So the way I think is new. The way I act is new. Man, I even got a new cooler walk. I'm serious. Like, it's like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything has become new. The way I see adversity, the way I handle adversity, the way that I treat my wife, it is all new and it's better. Go to um, Colossians chapter 2. I ain't going to be up here too much longer. Verse 11, and the word Lord reads. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Cutting away of your sinful nature. Let me tell you something. You still have it, but God is giving you a new nature. So the power is cut away from the sinful nature. It's cut away. It has no control over you no more. So we don't want to hear no more excuses talking about you in the flesh. But some of you will be in the flesh. Just as show as I, show as I walk off this and y'all go in the back, you're going to be. But it's all good, though. <laughs> For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Go to Colossians 3. I'm going to beat this in your head right here. Just straight scripture. I ain't going to add nothing to it. And the word Lord reads, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, somebody say, I got a new life. It says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. You know who else is sitting there in the place of honor? You are. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, you've been buried with Christ, raised with him, and you're seated with him already in the heavenly realms. For you died, somebody say, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. For you died to this life. Your real life is hidden in Christ Jesus. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share it in his glory. I'm I was telling Elliot the other day, we were talking, and I said, hey, man, if you want to find me, look for Christ. That's where I'm at. Look, I remember one, we were at this conference, and JoJo, he, he made this, and it was, this statement was so profound. He was talking to the ladies, and he said, you should be so lost in Christ that the dude that's chasing you, he has to find Christ in order to find you. Fellas, I'm going to switch it up. 
You should be so lost in Christ that if a woman trying to date you, she got to find Christ in order to find you. For we've died to this, to this life. What are we dead to? We are dead to the old man. That old sinful nature, we're dead to him. He's given us a new life. All things have become new. I'm going to beat it in you. Go to Galatians chapter 2. I'm going to beat it in you because I don't want you to walk up out of here the same. I want you to walk out of here transformed. Mind renewed. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and where the Lord reads, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave, gave himself for me. Get this. My hope is not in myself. My hope is not in my flesh. My hope is in Jesus. All my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. All my hope is in Jesus. Go to Galatians 4. I'm going to run through these. Hey, uh, worship team, you can come on up here. Starting at verse 26. And where Lord reads. Amen. Am I at the right place? Anyways, that's the wrong scripture. So, so we're going to move on to the next one. Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Oh, okay. It was <laughs> First Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 2 in the world, Lord reads. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires. Why won't you do this? Because you've been given a new nature. You've been given a new life. But you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy. The immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, for you that will go home one day. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they will slander you. But remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those 
who are now dead. So although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in the Spirit. I'm going to tell you all this story. There was this man. He had committed some, some vile and heinous crimes. They put him on death row. And here they had the electric chair. Now the day has arrived that he must be executed. So he was in this room, and in this room he was sitting in this chair, and there was this glass right there, and his family members were on the other side of that glass, and a pauper or a, a, a grand reaper, a guy in a hoodie, was standing beside him about to pull the latch. He had a helmet on his head. He had these leather straps on his hands, on his wrist. His mom's sitting there crying. She had these tears. She's looking over at the dad and she says, I couldn't save him. The dad is crying. He's saying, I couldn't save him. The granddad and the grandparents, they're sitting there. They were like, we have millions of dollars and we've offered them millions of dollars and they won't release him. We cannot save him. And all of a sudden, one day, this man walks into the room. And he picks the man's head up. And the man is shocked. He's like, who is this? And this man took the helmet off of, off of this guy in the chair. He took this helmet off. And he's like, what? what's going on? And he takes one strap off. And now the guy's like really kind of tripping. He's like, what's, what's? And then all of a sudden he takes the other strap off his arm. And he said, what's going on? He said, I don't deserve to be let go. I don't deserve to be set free. How in the world did you get me out of this mess? My family's already tried to pay. They got millions of dollars. And this man said, money can't afford this. He said, I've already paid this price. You've been redeemed. I shed my blood for you. He says, you have become the righteousness of God. He says, you go, you've been made new. And you go and you live your life. That was the mercy. The grace is sin no more. Some of us can't get it out of our head. That we're sinners. And there's no hope for us. So we try to climb our way out of this ditch. We, we got to climb our way out of this worthlessness. But I'm here to tell you today that you are made right by the blood of Jesus. There was a price paid for you. You have been redeemed. You have been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, there are some people in this room that are struggling with condemnation right now. They're seeing themselves as something that's already condemned something with no hope. Father, but I want you to put it in their hearts, Father. Put it in their minds that they are your righteousness. That there was a price paid for. That they've been set free. I declare in the name of Jesus that their minds will be renewed. They will be transformed by the Holy Spirit. I pray that they will, that they will have this intimate relationship with you, Father. That they will begin to know you and understand that when you went to the cross, Lord Jesus, that a spirit was released into their hearts that cries, Abba, Father. You've made them sons and you've made them daughters. And we thank you for it, Lord.
the mighty name of Jesus.